Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You are now listening to episode 133 of the show. This is the second to last show of the Premier League season. We are sadly coming to an end, but I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. And we have another guest today, Matt's brother, Zach, who has featured on the show before. Let's uh, welcome him back. What's up with you guys? I mean, I'd say first, it's like the week of the graduates. Both you guys finished up school. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you what your thoughts are now that it's over, plans for the summer, any ideas for the future, NL? Um... Uh, I wish I could answer the second two. Uh, I don't know what my my plans are in the future, but for the summer, uh, I'm just going back to waiting tables, you know, kind of doing what what I've always done in the summertime. The cash is good. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just want to make sure that I I put enough money away that I can sort of pay these loans down because I'm getting to the point where um, already, you know, I've been paying the interest and stuff. There there really isn't all that much to, to pay down. So... If I can knock them out, then that would uh, give me the ability to start saving um, to move out or, you know, for down payment on a house or or whatever like that. You know, I own my car Uh, financially. I I pretty much have everything I want and and need right now. So, uh, you know, I should probably stop buying new golf clubs and stuff like that and start saving, paying loans off. But uh, in terms of career and stuff like that, I I mean, I, I wish I could tell you, but I'm glad that glad that college is done and uh I, i'm not looking really ever to uh to go back yeah i 100 percent feel that uh i guess same question as you zach how you feeling about everything in the future i've been pretty much touched on all the same points i was gonna say yeah i'm in the same boat uh career-wise banking money in the summer um but i will be watching more sports now yeah, because mm-hmm. every every semester I've gone away to school, I usually take a break from soccer at least. Yeah, uh, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't seem. Sorry to cut you off, but like it doesn't seem like it with your picks most of the time. You have a good read, weirdly, um, on these games. Every time we get you, I think we had you back in March on here last, um, and you had a good read then. Um, Zach's Zach's gonna predict the games tomorrow. We're recording this before the Thursday games that we um, Evan and I previewed last episode. So we're gonna get Zach's takes on them to be included in this week's. But so far, Evan and I are five and five with the ten games that already happened with our slate. So um, can be positive still going forward into the championship Sunday. Yeah. I'm hoping that we uh, are able to to keep that going. I mean, Zach's Zach's got the best percentage out of all of us. Um, so I mean, barring a, a truly violent collapse, I mean, I don't even know if it's mathematically possible for him to slip below us in terms of percentage. So yeah, uh, he'd have to. I think he'd have to go five and eight in these thirteen games. He's gonna pick. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it's certainly possible then. Um, but I'm feeling um, confident. But he's feeling I've confident. Caught up with. Good. Good, good, good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into these games. Uh, we're going to go over uh, everything that happened in match day 22 and 37. Match day 22, of course, was Tottenham, Arsenal, the North London Derby, not necessarily going how I predicted it. 
Um, Complete opposite. All that public money that was all over Tottenham, I, I, I really thought there's just no way Arsenal are, are flying right now. They're going to get into their fourth-place spot. They're going to get back to the Champions League. And things have gone so, so different uh, to, to that much, prediction. If you had to divide the blame players and uh against staff and manager what's the blame share there um because in my in my opinion like i would i think arteta was just tactically unmatched by conte i think we heavily underestimate him under the tottenham flag whereas with him with chelsea and inner and he's getting praised for a lot of things and i think with tottenham's reputation for not winning silverware or anything his he's kind of flying under the radar a bit. I mean, we've seen him successfully compete against these top-tier teams in the league, um, and it kind of doesn't really give... Get, he doesn't really get as much credit as I think he should. Yeah. Um, but I guess back to my point of, do you blame more of Arteta and the tactics, or maybe Rob Holding having an absolute stinker there <laughs> against Son? No, I mean, I think in this one you, you have to... In this one, it's it's like 40-60, right? 40% Arteta, 60% the players. I think really right. everything comes down to the players if, if you distill okay. it enough. Um, this team lacks discipline. I yeah. I don't I think that we've said that a ton on this show. They they really do lack discipline. It's because they're a young side. Rob mm-hmm. Holding is one of the older players in the side, which is actually crazy to think about because he's not all that old. Um, just... They lack discipline. I don't think Arteta necessarily has a handle on how all of these guys behave on the pitch. I mean, we know how many red cards Arsenal get. It's 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 a problem. It, it really is. Um, but I mean, he is playing against Conte, and like you just said, Conte doesn't get enough credit. I think he's doing a lot with very little. Gets a clean sheet in a derby that is typically bloody. Um, three nil, uh, an unbelievable victory. Harry Kane with a penalty in the twenty second. Um, another one in the thirty seventh, and then Son got one in the forty seventh, capped it off, and they didn't budge. You know, if we look at the stats here, Tottenham had sixteen shots versus Arsenal's nine. Arsenal did manage five shots on target versus the six that uh, Spurs had, but Tottenham outclassed them in possession. They outplayed them uh, in terms of formation. I just don't think Arsenal were able to break them down. And once you lose your your center back, especially in the thirty third, there's just no way that you're going to be able to come back from this. So I think this was uh, this was a slaughter, and it's it's really tough to watch because this has started a tailspin. Um, and if if you ask me that question about Newcastle, you know the manager player blame share, I'd I'd shift it more towards the players because. The intensity is what has won Arsenal points all season long. The passion, the drive. Uh, that's how we've been able to squeak out so many of these victories and get ourselves into this position after starting the season, you know, 0-3. Uh, and that, that that drive, that intensity from the players has, has evaporated. Uh, it evaporated after the Spurs game, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, um, it's tough to see. Uh, back that's to painful. Back games like that, it's yeah. Painful. Um, I mean, I can kind of feel the same thing with Chelsea yeah. in the two finals against Liverpool going pretty much identical results and how they finished out. So, um, yeah, I can understand that. But, yeah, I mean, being on such a high, high 
with um, high form. And yeah, you, you said Arsenal have a young squad. They they have average the youngest squad in the league um, at 24.3 years of age in the squad. So um, it's it's like a double-edged sword there. You have a lot of, of prospects, hot prospects, great young players that can offer a lot, but also um, in these matchups like the Tottenham game when a lot is on the line, you're, you're away, um, the tension's high in the stadium, you don't have a lot of your supporters there, it's all against you, and then Tottenham right uh, off the jump, first 10-15 minutes right on, their, right, on, um, right on Arsenal's throat there. Constant pressure, making it a really chippy game, forcing Arsenal defenders into tough spots where they have to foul. Um, and eventually it just crumbled. So, yeah, um, don't really have anything else to add on to that. Zach, what do you think about these these hot derby games come the end of the year with a lot on the line? Um, did we see the age show in the two squads here? Or maybe it was more of the managerial thing with how these teams set up? I think it's a combination of both. Um, the older age team, I think, is clearly more favored just based on experience. Um, the Tottenham, Arsenal, North London Derby is just a classic matchup, so all eyes are always on that game, uh, especially towards the end of the season here with both teams in the top five, very close contention, a lot on the line. Uh, I think typically you'll see more composure from the older guys and that really showed here especially with Conti as the manager, as yeah, you mentioned. For sure. Yeah, and I like um, Evan called out Eric Dyer, and I thought he had a pretty steady game. He did. I, That's what he's pretty much He's pretty much did been Conte's number one guy back there. I think he's played almost every single game yeah. this season. I, I felt like Davidson Sanchez getting a start over Romero would have been an, uh, a prime spot that Arsenal could have attacked. Um, especially with Emerson being a more chippier right wing back, um, physical, um, can be exposed to little pockets in behind. Maybe our Martinelli could have capitalized on that more. But um, I felt like Arsenal missed that first 15 minutes massively because that's the last couple weeks where Enketi has been popping up with goals. And this was a game he just wasn't prepared for. I think um, Tottenham, just they just brought the might and um, Arsenal couldn't respond right off the jump and that's when the game was lost yeah and it was just it's hard to watch games like this when you just know that your team is not going to be able to pull it out i mean i i watched the sixers lose i watched arsenal lose in the same day i think the derby was the same night that the sixers got eliminated and yeah when you watch and you see the first 15 minutes you know you typically know the, the pace of the game, the momentum, the way that it shifts, or if it doesn't shift at all, if things are just going to fall apart. And, <laughs> I mean, it was a really, uh, it was a tough, uh, tough day for me. It was a tough Thursday for sure. Um, let's move on. We'll move on to uh, another Tottenham game. Tottenham won, Burnley nil, of course. Tottenham were able to steal three points at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium here. I mean, they they did batter Burnley, we should say. They hammered them 21 shots versus their eight. Eight shots on target for Spurs. Just one for Burnley and 69% of the possession for Spurs. Lined up very similarly to how they lined up against Arsenal. Sessegnon and Emerson out on the wing. Same back three. Bettenker and Hoiberg in the center with Son Lucas here. And then Kane up top. Kane, the only goal scorer in the game 
scored a penalty in uh, the 51st of stoppage time in the 45th. Um, Just another one where they managed to squeak it out, thought maybe uh, Burnley would play spoiler here, but they were unable to do so. This was essentially the nail. Well, it was the first nail in the coffin, and then Arsenal lost again uh, versus Newcastle, but we'll get to that. So I don't know what you guys thought about this game. I think just to get three points here, it's all you need to do, and um, Kanta, I'm sure, was pleased with it. Uh, you can go first. Yeah, another grindy result for Conte. One nail is, I think, uh, the result to define his career at Tottenham so far. Very grindy, getting the results he needs to sure. finish top four. Yeah, yeah, and they pretty much made the same, put out the same team they did against Arsenal. The only change was Kulisevsky out for Lucas, um, and Kulisevsky came on like the last fifteen minutes and got a yellow, which didn't help for me in fantasy. But uh, I was still getting blown out of the water. Which uh, a side point, dude, I've been doing terrible fantasy. I'm behind you and Bray, and you guys don't even manage your teams, which is really upsetting. Wait, you're be uh, <laughs> hold on. You're behind you us. Checked. I haven't yeah. checked in months. I know it's ridiculous. It's oh just my you. god, you're in the coffin. I mean, you you got De Bruyne and Jota carrying you yeah, through most of these is. weeks, yeah. and even with Ben White getting you negative two points this week. Um, <laughs> of course, of course. Um, we'll we'll see, but um, there's still <laughs> one week to too. go. It's between it's oh, yeah, between dude. Zach and it's between Zach and our dad to, who's going to be first. They're 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 going to be tied on points going into the final week. Um, so it's going to come down to who loses in this last week. But um, we'll see. It's the same thing with goal differential in there with points. My dad's got more points, but um, back tiebreaker. Yeah, but anyway, somebody could get an upset. But yeah, I mean, this game. Yeah, it was one of those games. It was complete opposite of the Arsenal game where um, Tottenham didn't i mean they had the possession and all that but the chances just didn't go in and burnley played to um how they should as a relegation battle team um five in the back just holding it down and it wasn't meant to be um they put themselves in a really precarious position there and now they are in that 18th position going down um one point behind leads but they have that game in hand tomorrow um against who are they playing tomorrow they play Aston Villa, yep. so that's a winnable game. Um, as of lately, Villa's been looking better, but um, still, you never know. And Tottenham pretty much secured a; they did secure um, themselves a great position here. All they have to do is get one point against Norwich, and they will secure themselves a Champions League position for the first time since I believe twenty eighteen. That is tremendous. Um... That would feel so good. Yeah, the last time they were in it, they lost in the final to Liverpool. I know. It's it's, it's tough as a Spurs fan. It's even tougher as an Arsenal fan. I feel like we haven't been back in the Premier, in the Champions League for like it feels like it's been a decade. I know it hasn't, but it has been a long time six six or seven years, I think. I'm gonna look that up. I think it's been six years. Twenty sixteen, the yeah, year I grew. Was... Is that it? Oh, uh, I thought you hold on. Twenty, yeah, twenty sixteen, oh twenty seventeen. That's the year I graduated high school. Yeah, that's insane. That's so long ago. I mean, I think Nicholas Bentner was still on the roster. 
That's... We could honestly pull that team up as we're going, but that'd be funny if he oh was. Oh my god. All right, let's the move Lord. on. Yeah, the Lord himself. Uh, we'll move on to Wolves 1, Norwich City 1. Not much going in this one. Norwich City took the lead early behind a team Pookie goal in the 37th. Ryan Ayut Nori scored in the 55th to draw Wolves level, and then it was quiet from there on out. Wolves did appear to have a little bit of uh, a semblance of some teeth, let's say. Uh, 17 shots, tried a couple different angles there. Four shots on target with 64% of the possession. They were able to move the ball around relatively well, um, but we have to remember that this is Norwich. 11 shots on target for the Finches, two shots, or 11 shots, two shots on target, and just 36 percent of the possession nearly half the passes um that wolves were able to complete in this game as well so we should say that norwich have gained or have earned just one point out of their last possible 15 wolves on the other hand earning two points out of their last possible 15 uh not a great run for either of these teams and i have to say does it shock anybody that wolves is in eighth place right now because i think there are four other teams that deserve eighth place over this absolutely disgusting wolves team yeah and i think it has to be those four teams right below them I yes mean, this result five um, crystal palace this- though Ah, uh, that one's questionable. <laughs> I know, I know you love those boys, especially with Vieira. You got a soft yeah, spot, yeah. but still, I think yeah, this Wolves team's looked absolutely god awful. So bad, I'd say ten weeks. I mean, it's just been really inconsistent. I don't know what the hell's been going on, but they locked themselves out of European um, contention, top seven, get into Europe. They are mathematically out of of passing West Ham now. Um, so I don't know. It's tough. It just, it comes down to that, that squad depth. Um, and they, they just lack that experience up front. Jimenez is the guy that's leading the line. We said at the very beginning of the year, questions around him. He had a massive, um, skull fracture with David Louise a season ago. Um, there were questions whether he'd be able to come back, um, to hundred percent of what he was. And it just, he hasn't looked like that lead guy that this team needs to get goals. Um, and his, his supporters haven't helped either. And I think one thing that's, that we don't really think about a lot is that transfer from Adama Traore leaving. Yeah. Um, he was a guy that teams had to scheme around. He had a certain X factor, his, his presence on this field, uh, just opening up games with that speed. And obviously his finishing wasn't the best, but still he's able to open things up and set guys into positions where they can capitalize. And um, back to Jimenez, he's their leading scorer, um, but he's only got six goals. So that's not good enough to lead a team in the Premier League. Um, Surprisingly enough for a team in the top 10, it just, it goes back to their strength, which is defense. But um, yeah, I, I'm more surprised that um, Norwich are putting up a fight. They're putting up a much better fight to close the year than Watford are, um, especially with their latest result. God damn, man. Um, they make Ben Foster look so bad. They just leave him high and dry, and he's um, he's such a better goalie than what the, the stats say. But yep. um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see if Norwich can pull off a miracle for Arsenal next week against Tottenham, but um, who knows? Um, it'll be it'll be their first win in in eight games if they pull off the upset there. Yeah, 
and I'm just looking here and seeing what Norwich is up to in the off season. They are playing some friendlies against uh, Celtic and and Hibs. If anybody wants to go see Norwich and uh, and Hibernian over in uh, Scotland, we could uh, we could, we can make a trip. Um. All right, let's move on. We have West Ham two, Manchester City two. Did you guys watch this game? Yeah, uh, we were we were what we were going up to Westchester that day for Zach's graduation, and we were listening in the car. We watched the first half. What do you think, Zach? Your boy, your boy Bowen had a brace. He did. He's up. He's on the short list for Premier League Player of the Season. Um, these guys that come from Hull City, him, yeah, they're demons. Uh, Andy yep. Robertson, um, maybe not Harry Maguire. In yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, the Hull City out here got getting some getting some guys. I think uh, West Ham's been my favorite team to watch this season. Not um, me. I, they are. I cannot pick a game for no, them. No, Matt, Matt's blind. I just, I just think they've had a lot of exciting matches. Yeah, especially playing top teams like you saw here versus City, guys like what? Bowen, you can you can tell they're they're fired up, and there's a lot of motivation there. Moises has got that team in a great headspace. Do you think they could have finished higher if they had somebody better than Antonio, or if Antonio Antonio's form was more consistent because he had an incredible start All of right, the year? Let's let's pump the brakes right on on the Antonio slander. I mean, the guy had. The guy he, fell off. He was leading the league. He uh, had like six goals in six games at the start. Uh, Everybody was thinking, holy shit, this guy. The guy's he's, got he's juice. So late, he's so late in his career, but he's putting up these numbers. Everybody, everybody was was salving over this guy, and he can't even get Jamaica out of the, yeah. the group stage here to qualify for the World Cup. I mean, he's Lukaku-esque. Um, he truly is. And surprisingly enough, he didn't pick up a, a, a big injury yeah. this year. Um, he's had hamstring issues, obviously, but um, Jared Bowen has filled in that position. So um, do you think that's a thing that they can work on in the summer, Zach? Or maybe um, can they go one more time with this team again and potentially do better? Yeah, I, I feel like a, a, a forward that fits their system would definitely be their, the number one improvement. I mean, you know David Moyes. David Moyes was with, was with United for a few seasons, so... Yep. Yeah, this this West Ham team, at least on the stat sheet, has been very midfield-focused. Yeah. Uh, especially with Mark Noble in there. I'm sure he has a lot of uh, insight to give on the, the way that team is structured or a lot of uh, input he's passed on to Moyes from the experience he's had uh, through multiple managers there, trying out what works, what doesn't. But... Uh, to sum up, yeah, I think a, a striker, a new striker to, to better fit the system. Yeah, and Evan, we saw them go deep into Europe this year, finishing in the semifinals today, losing to Frankfurt, who won the final today against Rangers in a penalty shootout. So congrats to them and Timmy Chandler, uh, American winning silverware there. Um, congrats to them. Um, but I, I think squad depth is a heavy thing for them. We talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, that's the main thing holding them out of that established top six is that the depth of team and they mainly have 15 guys, 16 guys that play heavy minutes or that make consistent features. But all these other teams, you have 22 guys ready to go. You got a whole B team. We saw Liverpool the other day 
yesterday against Southampton with nine changes to the first team and they still got the job done. That's something I don't think West Ham can do right now, especially simultaneously competing in Europe. Yeah. Um, and quickly, you know, while we're talking about European football and Matt just said, um, you know, uh, Frankfurt, they, Frankfurt was the team that won, right? Yeah. They won today. Yes. Yeah. Um, we should say that Aaron Ramsey was the one that shit the bed. That's why yes. they lost. So Arsenal yes. are truly doing it on all fronts this week. I mean, they, they all of their hitters across the world are shitting the bed. So it's it's good to to know that. I just needed to make sure that that was out there. That they're <laughs> really zero for three this week, uh, just mm-hmm. just shitting the bed everywhere. But yeah, like you know, I I don't need to echo the fact that this squad depth is so bad. What I will say is that Chelsea FC's Declan Rice will certainly not be here next season. Uh, I am nearly positive that he will earn himself a move. Uh, I know that West Ham have said uh, they're just going to give him a new contract, they're going to pay him. But... Well, I don't, I don't think he's accepted. I think they wanted to pay it. They gave him like an eight-year deal of some sort. or That's I don't know. just unbelievable to pay a, a defensive midfielder that. I mean, Rice is good going forward too, but these guys get fucking beat on i mean let's think about the best defensive midfielders uh the, for the last five years right it was conte at one point it was matic before Fabinho. that fabinho is another good one fernandinho rodri. was good before that rodri you know rodri and, and fernandinho are bigger guys it, it, it makes more sense that they're not going to get beat up so much but um guys like declan rice guys like like angolo conte they they take a lot of abuse and it doesn't last forever. We're seeing that with Conte right now. It doesn't matter how good you are and how technically gifted you are. And I mean, he, he is incredible. Yeah. He's one of the, he's, he's unrestricted minutes to a certain degree. Right. Because he just, he just doesn't have it in his legs anymore. And you take so much abuse in those positions. I don't think any defensive midfielder, no matter how young you are, should be signing an eight year deal. I just find that reckless and, a team with West Ham's finances who can't afford to splash every two, three years on a new DM. I kind of understand it, but at the same time, I think it's just financially irresponsible when you need to improve in so many other positions. I mean, if you want to pay the guy, fine, pay him. But uh, uh, I would just say they, they've, they've picked him out. They've realized he is the, the heir to Noble as club captain. He's been here since he's about 15 16 after getting dropped from Chelsea they he's a guy he's at a young age he's like I think he's 24 at most he's he's a yeah. guy they can build a future around and and they understand they if they don't sign him to a deal now he's going to leave eventually whether it's for more money or he sees that maybe West Ham isn't the team that's going to help him get closer to winning silverware and building his his legacy and um as it just winning trophies um unless he's like mark noble he's a diehard hammer and he just wants to see the the club do well and he'll do everything he can but that's ultimately up to him but i think they just picked him out and realized like yeah he's somebody we can build around and um to have him at a club like us with the level he's at is something that would help us go a long way but um Getting off the West Ham train, I think we, we haven't even touched on Man City no. dropped points here. Yeah, they did. And they've allowed this title race to come to the last game. Yes, championship uh, weekend will be in play. I mean, that's what it's called regardless, but it actually is going to come down. City were down 2-0 at the half. Everybody was scrambling, thinking, 
Oh my god, it's over. They may lose. Yeah, and it would have been City would still be ahead on goal differential because yeah, South it would it would it would turn into a shootout on Sunday and be who can scores ten goals first. Yeah, and I think Liverpool's game plan would have been different too. I mean, let's let's focus in quickly here on West Ham's and and City the scoreline and and stats, but. Uh, West Ham opened the scoring in the 24th, added another through Bowen in the 45th. Could have been, could have been three. Uh, yeah, it was a deflection, and it, the ball winded up going wide. But uh, Jack Grealish answered back in the 49th. Not seen a ton of him. Uh, Kufal with an own goal in the 69th, and then there was a penalty in the dying embers. Uh, Riyad Mahrez actually missed the penalty. I mean, I've sung his praises many, many times this season. He uh, he did get the start here, and ultimately he was the one to uh, to seal City's fate. Just a point for both sides. Um, you know, if you if you looked at the stats here, it's a bit FIFA esque, right? That's that's usually what I say. Thirty one shots for City. Don't see teams registering thirty one shots all that much. Uh, just eight of those were on target, but still. Uh, having 79% of the possession and registering 31 shots just goes to show you how dominant City are, regardless of what the scoreline is. Six shots for West Ham, two of those on target, and 21% of the possession. So very, very clinical when they got the ball in those forward positions. I think it's absolutely unbelievable that Ham were Ham, that West Ham were able to uh, to secure a point in this one. They were uh, Ham. They were getting beat. They were. They were getting them. They were just getting uh, clobbered, but uh, it's tough, man. I, I, I don't really want to see Liverpool win. Uh, for some reason, I, I don't despise City as much as I despise Liverpool. Well, I think it's because City's fans are plastic, and I know that I don't really have to deal with them. Liverpool's fans are actually passionate, uh, and they just don't ever shut up. So, yeah, and I mean. Um, it'd be four out of five years they've won it, and we both did predict City to win the title. Zach, what do you think the odds are if you had to give percentages City or Liverpool here? What's going into the final game? What's Who do you think's bigger favorite? I think City's favored. Their last game's at home, right? And Both of their beat. games are home. City, City yeah. hosts Villa, and Liverpool hosts Wolves. City just needs to win out, and that's definitely something they can do at home. So I, in my eyes, cities is favored here with the I, the destiny and their, they have their own destiny in their own hands. So I, I, yeah. I don't I really see city dropping that game. Logically in my head, I'm thinking, yes, yeah, city are going to roast Villa, but sentimentally and storyline me is thinking Stevie G is going to win Liverpool the title. Oh, of course. All um, he needs I'm, to do is to draw the game. If I'm going to be honest, I would like to see Stevie G Put could, a, you put a, after the game, could you imagine after the game they get a point and he looks at his phone and Liverpool win? He just go over to yeah. the City fans and rub it in their face? No, I, regardless of my favorite team or rivalries, I, I would like to see that happen because it'd just be a Especially, great storyline to watch unfold. Well, I mean, as, you know, as a United fan, you want to see City lose. Yeah, realistically, I, I see City getting the win and raising the trophy at the Etihad. Are you the same there, Evan? Would you? No, I mean, you're, Liverpool, you're still the Liverpool same. You want it regardless. Look, regardless, you don't want to see Liverpool win, no, even if CBG wins it for him. No, I mean, that guy's a fraud. He cost them a, a title. And if I don't care if he's one of the greatest, Shout out yeah, I mean, I, I don't care if he's one of the greatest midfielders of all time. Um, he, he's not on my list. Sorry to say, uh, David Beckham better, but, um, yeah, I just don't want to see them win. I, I just don't need to hear any more about how 
Um, Mo Salah should win the Ballon d'Or every year, and uh, Sadio Mane is the best left winger in the world. I, I, I'm just I'm tired of it. I disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I just. But that, but that's what it is. I mean, if you go on Twitter, like if you get yourself stuck in the the Liverpool Twitter space, it's just the the delusions of grandeur. And I know that they've been great the past five six years. And I do really like Klopp, and I do think they play really good football. I'm just, they've only lost three matches out of their last sixty. I know it's yeah. crazy, and and they have a, a a congested schedule. I don't want to take anything away from them, but I simply don't like them. So I'm uh, I'm I'm rooting for City. I guess we can jump right into that Stevie G game against your boy Vieira there. Yeah, um, Watford and Leicester, that one, Watford scored for, we'll just jump over this, but Watford scored first and Leicester actually answered a back with five goals. They pounded the fuck out of them. Uh, I did take Leicester this weekend, so that was a good one. And then Leeds United and Brighton won one. So Leeds, um, Leeds are now in 17th there. That is a massive point. I think one, that's going, that you don't realize. Player. Yeah, no, and it, it it is insane. They're one point behind Everton in sixteenth, or Everton are in sixteenth. Leeds are in seventeenth on thirty five, and then Burnley here in thirty fourth. So it's between Everton, Leeds, and Burnley. Who's going to go down? There could be a swing here this weekend, and I I, I really do think we're going to see a swing. So I'm yeah. super excited for that one. But that game it was in funny. Was eh. it was funny listening back to the episode when we were picking this game. I I picked Brighton. I said I I I you don't hear these words coming out of my mouth a lot, but I feel like Brighton's going to win the game. And your response was, "Yeah, I could see that, but I just know when I pick Brighton, they always burn me. So I go, I'm going to go with a draw. And in the dying minutes, they do what they always do, yep. and they drop the bag. I know. Um, it's 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 hilarious. It's, Zach, what do you think? What do you think about? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, this is their best ever finish in the league. Potentially, they could finish up to um, eighth. They, they could finish in eighth if things work out in their way, which is crazy um, because I thought they were going to get relegated. But besides that, um, Zach, what do you think? Everton leads in Burnley. Who's in the strongest position? Who's who's your leader to get dropped, I guess, would be my two questions. Well, that depends on the uh, upcoming fixtures here. Uh, and Burnley, Everton and Burnley, Burnley both play tomorrow in their makeup yeah, games. They have so. their games in hand. Uh, Everton and and Burnley will have to see tomorrow, uh, and you'll you'll see what I think in my predictions for those games coming up. Nice but, teaser. Uh, I I I'm with Evan here. I think there's going to be a a swing. There's either going to be a swing or every team uh, may lose. We'll we'll uh, see with my my upcoming picks. Honestly, I'm upset that Southampton's not in this because they probably should go down the way they've been playing the last ten weeks. Yeah, they they're they they've had performances throughout the year as they have in the previous seasons, which have saved them. I know in in recent years they've have a, a draw or two over Man City. Just getting those grindy results over top six teams is what saves them in the end. They, they do it's only have my one analysis. win, one win in their last ten. Or 11. All right. Um, I guess move on to the next one then. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. So we talked about Brighton Leeds. We uh, we kind of glossed over Leicester and Watford. And we'll jump now into uh, Stevie G versus Patrick Vieira, the better midfielder being the French one. 
Uh, Ollie Watkins opened the scoring in the 69th minute, a late one here. Um, Jeffrey Schlupp getting the equalizer in the 81st. This was a uh, tightly contested match. 16 shots for the Eagles, 13 for the Villains, four shots for both sides, and then the possession split essentially down the middle. Uh, the slight edge, 52% going to Palace in this one. I think both of these teams were just very evenly matched. They lined up extremely similarly, same formation, four uh, or five in the back. Uh, McGinn and Louise play a little bit further forward, um, but they sort of function as, as wingbacks at points. Uh, so really more like six in the back for Villa, but um, five for, for, for Palace. Nathaniel Klein and, and Tariq Mitchell uh, playing left wingback and right wingback with Guayhi, Anderson, and Kuyate in the center. Connor Gallagher, who Chelsea are going to uh, recall. I believe that's what I saw today. Um, having a, a decent game here, but it was the substitute schlup that, uh, that managed to get the goal, much needed goal for Palace. Ali Watkins continuing that late season form that we've talked about, uh, in recent weeks, but I think a decent result for both sides, not really going to earn anything special. Uh, Villa, obviously we know are looking to play spoiler and allow Liverpool to slot into that first spot with Palace with uh, nothing to play for at this point, besides maybe a, a jump up to uh, 11th place if Brentford and Newcastle slide this weekend. Yeah, um, we both thought this would be a draw, and that's what happened. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you hit most of those points there, evenly matched. Um, Zaha scored the last two games, but not in this one. The, no late drama there for him to get the winner, but... um. Yeah, I think Zaha individually has had a great year. He's had um, 13 goals. I think this is the most he's had in a single season. Um, he has had any any injury problems. His attitude's been pretty level. He hasn't had many outbursts. We know he's a pretty um, he's a guy that wears his emotions heavily on his sleeve and lets everybody know how he feels on the surface right away. But um, still, a great year for him. But I think overall, like I said, just Palace always slow down towards the end of the year. It's it's kind of calm. Um, their last four, they are unbeaten, two draws and two wins. But um, it's just their their game's been not as it's been not as nice to watch. I guess for lack of better terms, um, it's kind of more route one. Things aren't as cleanly built up through the midfield. Um, Eze's been playing more and more now since coming back from his Achilles injury. I think him and Olizzi out there with Zaha is a great combination for them going forward, but um, wasn't meant to be today. You mentioned them playing five in the back. So um, what do you think, Zach, uh, I would ask um, of Patrick Vieira and I guess Stevie G, their first year in the Premier League managing Stevie G coming, I guess, halfway through the year, but still you could give him a, a full review of how they've both done with their teams. Well, I mean, you could really just look at the table. They're both, uh, they're only a point apart in 13th and 14th respectively for Palace and Villa. I think both managers have uh, a lot more work to be done. And I think both clubs will oblige them for that. Uh, Palace definitely with more draws uh, than Villa. But like you said, Gerard came in later in the year. So it's not a even or fair to give a, a full season assessment for both teams, but uh, both mid-table finishes, 
that's pretty much what you expect out of a new manager to to finish with the team in the Premier League, giving them room to build upon and improve for the future. So I'm excited to see what they both do. Yeah, I think Aston Villa had more more pressure on them at the beginning of the year, selling Jack Grealish for $100 million, bringing in a, a influx of a lot of players, similar to how Gareth Bale left for Madrid and Spurs bought nine players. And um, it didn't it didn't work out to the same to the same um, success. So um, I think Villa being more disappointed with how the year went and they were, they were in a similar situation in Newcastle where they were teetering of becoming a relegation battle team. And just like Newcastle, they bring in a new manager with fresh ideas um, and gaining the respect of the players quickly. So it helped them jump out of that position. So yeah, I guess Stevie G saved them. Vieira with his squad. I know Evan likes Palace. I think one thing we mentioned after the the summer window, um, he brought in a lot of young faces, uh, mainly in the back, two young center backs, Anderson from Fulham, who we we watched and thought was a decent player, and Mark Way from Chelsea. So um, I think youth invested in that team is something Palace hasn't seen in a while. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of that ties to the the influence of each manager. Vieira and Gerard uh, definitely have influence in pulling those younger players, especially guys around our age who grew up watching them or watching their teams uh, that they played on. Yeah, and wanting to play for those managers, especially with Gerard pulling in uh, Coutinho. Yep. Yeah, not necessarily a younger could... player, but just expressing his influence on who he can. Really bring but, in that but, pulling, but pulling that caliber of player because Dean Smith's right. not bringing in somebody like Coutinho, whereas Gerard having that rapport with him, yeah, as as a teammate um, with Liverpool, it, he they understand each other and can meet more eye to eye. I think that's something Villa have seen seem to to deem as a high quality that they need to jump up in that table because I think both of us predict them a top ten finish spending all that money. So um, who knows? Maybe they get Luis Suarez as well. They're going to get the whole band back together. No, that is something I would like to watch. Um, okay, let's jump uh, to Everton 2, Brentford 3. God, crazy! what a violent full job we witnessed here. I watched this Two game. Two red cards. I watched this game at the bar. Yeah, that run, Rondon, such an absolute bastard. Uh DCL getting on the score sheet. Haven't seen his name on a score sheet in a long time in the 10th minute. the first minute. few weeks. Yeah, yep. I thought, that's my tap-in boy. I thought he'd have a good season. I was so, so wrong. Yeah, um, injury killed him. Yes, it did. So DCL on the score sheet in the 10th. Uh, then Jared Braithwaite decided to go ahead and get himself a red card in the 18th. Everton were down to 10 men. Then in the 37th, we had an own goal from Seamus Coleman, kind of bounced off his head, went in. Uh, just really not what you like to see whatsoever. Rich Arlison managed to snag one back in stoppage time of the first half uh, with a penalty, sent that one the opposite way. Good goal there, but uh, things fell apart 100% in the, um, in the second half for Everton. Brentford came out firing, was scored in the 62nd. I thought maybe for a second that goal was offside, but uh, a beautiful, beautiful goal there. That one actually took a deflection as well uh, and went in, but really well-worked goal. Um, 
he was in on that right or the left edge of the six and kind of curled it in and it took an unfortunate deflection, but great idea there from Wessa. Rico Henry then scored in the 64th. So those two goals were just, uh, just two minutes apart, the leveling and then go ahead goal for the bees. Really unfortunate result here for Everton. They needed those points desperately. I thought going up early that they may be able to hold on, but they were unable to do so. Everton did hold just 27% of the possession probably because they were playing down a man for 70 minutes. Uh, Brentford totally outworking them on the shots and shots on target. 18 shots versus Everton's 10. Seven shots for the B or seven shots on target for the Bees versus Everton's five. So not the result that Everton were looking for here. Yeah, I mean, Brentford top five in form the last 10 games, seven of those being wins, one draw and two defeats. I mean... They've figured out this second half of the year or last third of the year, whatever you want to deem it. Um, they've just find, found out who they are. And Christian Eriksen, we know, would come in with quality, and we didn't know where he would fit in. But um, it took a couple weeks. They slotted him in, and eventually he's become a, a crucial part of this team and right away is contributing goals, whether it's scoring or mainly facilitating. But um, they put themselves in a great position to where Leeds were last year. Leeds finished ninth. Now, Brentford could ideally finish in ninth as well if they could close out this last game um, against Everton. Or no, who do they play the last game? Um, they play Leeds, so they could send Leeds down if they win, pretty much, depending on what Burnley do tomorrow. But um, yeah, I mean that they've just been a, a joy to watch. We talk about new teams coming up, a team that. Um, nobody's seen in in a couple generations play in the Premier League for a long time. So it's nice to see. Um, we talked about Fulham and Bournemouth coming up. Now the the playoff final is set for the 29th of this month. It's either going to be Nottingham Forest or Huddersfield coming up. So um, we'll see who it is then. But for now, yeah, um, it's tough for Everton here playing at home and that's just not the way they want to go out. Um, they've been doing so well the last couple games, getting points against teams that nobody thought they would, um, Chelsea and Leicester, um, especially the Leicester one on the road. I think only their second or third road win of the whole season. Um, it just keeps them in that in that dogfight, really. Um, what do you think about, Zach, did you think... Everton would be in this situation at the start of the year? I usually think Everton somehow manages to finish mid-table, but their lowly efforts are finally getting to them, and now they're in a battle for potentially staying up or being relegated. Yeah, so I mean... It's a matter the, of time, in my yeah, eyes. Yeah, they have the third most defeats in the, in the season here with 20, um, only ahead of Norwich with 25 and Watford with 26, but... Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see how this is going to close out now. Braithwaite and Rondon will miss the final games with those Reds. Um, yep. Didn't somebody else get a red like a game or two ago for them? I think I'm confusing them with somebody no, else. No, somebody did. It was um, was it Coleman? No, 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 no. Somebody else. Coleman was, was it Mason game? Holgate? He had one a couple weeks ago. It, um, I'm looking. No, I think they're good. Uh, I think we're thinking of a different team, but still, I mean, I think I'm thinking of Leeds with Dan James and and Luke Ayling. So I mean, two of the three teams are having discipline issues. We talk about 
Um, you talk about Arsenal not being disciplined. These guys are letting things fly, and it's just going against them in the end. So it's going to be tough. They're going to have to dig even deeper on that bench uh, because Braithwaite's only played six matches this year in the Prem, and now he's getting a red. So who the hell else is going to fit in there? Um, they're going to have to play like three fullbacks at center back at this point. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, it keeps you on your toes. That's the, that's the good part about this league. We're always excited to see what happens next. Yeah. Uh, okay. Speaking of next. Yeah. Speaking of next, where are we? Uh, Arsenal and Newcastle on Monday. Yeah. another, Another bit of pain for Evan. Uh, so Newcastle. I almost feel like this was more painful than the Tottenham one yeah, in a was, certain way. It was worse because there were points where I thought Arsenal may be able to just get back in. I mean, the first half wasn't all that bad, but uh, we'll jump into it here. Ben White with an own goal in the 55th. Bruno Guimaraes is actually how that is pronounced now that uh, I've spent the time to, to learn the, the pronunciation. I, I hate the shh at the end, even though it's an S. Same thing with Fernandez. Uh, Fernandes, whatever they call Bruno. Um, fuck, this was this was a tough watch. Arsenal conceding that own goal in the 55th. They sent a ton of men forward, which is actually what I wanted them to do, but then were left exposed at the back. And, I mean, really what I can say is the players didn't show up here. They looked uninspired. They looked tired. They looked out of it. And this is the most important game of the season. They needed the three points. They, of course had seen that Tottenham had got that result against Burnley. So there was no excuse to come out flat here, and, and they did. Newcastle, a team that, that can play spoiler, that are certainly a bogey team. Uh, I think Arsenal actually line up well against them. Their defense has been performing well, but I think that they're certainly exploitable, especially when you look at the quality that Arsenal have going forward. Uh, Martinelli had a chance there towards the end to to level it 1-1, but... The ball was uh, chested down by Pepe instead of uh, t- chested and, and shot. It was chested and passed back across. The ball was then dispossessed, and there was just no way that Arsenal were going to get a goal in this one. Ramsdale gave the ball away a ton. This game was just filled with errors. Only two shots on target for Arsenal. Sad, sad stat there. 49% of the possession, but unable to do absolutely anything with it. Newcastle out-attacked, out-possessed, and truly outperformed Arsenal in this one. I'm surprised just the impact that Bruno Guimaraes... He's incredible. He's really good. He's coming in as more of a holding mid, Rodri, Fabinho-esque, but he's scoring goals. He's got five goals and an assist in 16 appearances in the league this year, um, which is incredible. He's kind of having the same impact that Kulisevsky's had at, at Spurs with the amount of contributions he's had, but he's even higher up the field and it's crazy how, how much he gets in the box into these, these little pockets of space to capitalize on second chance opportunities. And um, another thing that Newcastle have, have haven't had in a long time the, for the second half of the year is Cal Wilson being back from his long-term injury. Um, you saw the energy he brought up front um, giving more of a speedy option to Chris Wood, who isn't. It, it was more of a short tor- short term buy for Newcastle to keep them up. I don't see him sticking it out, and I feel like Newcastle did the players especially. I feel like they did have something to play for here. Um, I think the commentator said it or somebody. I heard something, but um, it's more of a 
it was more of a tryout here for them um, to see who's going to stick around next season because we know they have the money. Um, the the pictures are out of the new jersey, their away jersey. It's it's Saudi Saudi colors, white and green. Um, obviously, but um, it's it's more of a, yeah, it's more of like a tryout, an audition. Maybe the better term is for who's going to be here next season to potentially push on for a Europe, which. Newcastle is a large club with diehard fans, but they haven't experienced any type of success like that, finishing in a European position or winning a, a, a trophy in general for a very long time. So I feel like now is a prime opportunity for these players to be aboard this project. And um, I think you saw that in this game here, especially with the fans motivating them. And on the Arsenal side, they're coming off that disappointing loss to their arch rivals. You mentioned Tottenham played before them. I'm sure that some of those players knew, okay, now we it's a must-win game. We have to do this here and now. And it's just it just that they didn't get that result on the pitch. So um now you need a miracle to happen. But I would I would ask to you, Evan, are you at the start of the season, if you knew you'd finish in a European spot, would you be okay with that? Even if it's not Champions League, or would top four have been your thing? Uh, no, because, well, it depends when you ask me at the beginning of the season. Because you, you predicted Arsenal sixth. I look back, you had Arsenal finishing sixth. Yeah, so, so fifth is, is fine. That makes me smile. Um, I think after, But knowing how you got into this position is the, the annoying part. Yeah, I mean, it's pain. Uh, I think very Arsenal of them. It 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 is, and the only other team that does this kind of shit, funnily enough, this is why it's always Arsenal and Spurs, kind of right next to each other, is Spurs. This happens constantly, and it looks like this year Spurs are going to be the team to come out on top of it. But to be honest with you, Spurs dropping points against Norwich City on Championship weekend and Arsenal beating Everton would be the most Spurs thing in, in the history of the club. I mean, it just it just makes too much sense. Uh, when we do our predictions, I'm probably going to predict that it happens because I, I just feel like I have to. Um, yeah, I mean, it's painful to know that this is how the season's going to end, but I've said this a lot, you know, the past couple of weeks. Arsenal aren't ready for Champions League football. They're not even ready for the Carabao Cup. Like, we can't field a full-strength team through all of the domestic competitions, let alone European competition. I don't think Arsenal are going to fare all that well in Europe next year, but uh, I think our only way really into the Champions League is through the Prem, but um, I think it's fine. I think I think a fifth-place finish for Arsenal is is okay. It, like you said, it's better than I had, had projected them. Uh, and knowing what I know and having seen the development, uh, semi-development of Arteta. Are you at least happy you finished above United this this big of a point difference? Yeah, that feels great. But they did that themselves. That wasn't us. Um, but seeing Arteta develop a little bit as a manager and seeing the youth develop is what I take away from the season. And that, that has been a joy to watch. Can you guys offer Arteta a new deal? Sadly, yeah. Uh, well, is no, he the guy long term? No, definitely not. But if if we're gonna try and I mean, when Pep started managing, you could tell like he was the real deal, right? I don't think Arteta is that. I think he's good, but uh, I... I think 
Pep's first job was Barcelona. Yeah, and they were incredible. I mean, I mean it's a different the talent. I think the talent pool is different there, but still, yeah, you, yeah. you still have to put your guys out there in the spots they need to be at. So, yeah, I'm not going to say it was handed to him. He still had to put in the work, but yeah, I, I think our. I think to be fair to Arteta, he's. We 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 keep touching on they have the youngest team yeah in the league so he's gonna have to you would think he has to rely on these veterans but we saw Rob Holding as a veteran letting them down um and it just goes back to they need to spend more in the market really and get these guys I think Tamiyasu is a step in the right direction I think we can all agree he's he's somebody that fits that that scheme to that next that next step for Arsenal. Uh, going back into a consistent top four finisher, um, a Champions League mainstayer. Um, whereas I think Rob Holding's just not that guy. There's a couple other guys you could pull out of there, probably on any. He's not, he's like your third CDM, but I don't think he's good enough if you want to compete in Europe and the Prem while at the same time getting top four again or getting fifth again. I don't think he's that guy to give you those performances. So, um, Fifth helps them pull guys in that maybe wouldn't have come last year when they finished eighth, but um, who knows? It comes down to just that wallet. Sorry, needed to get some water in here. Um, I'll let you guys uh, take care of the last game because my water's empty and I really need it because I can't speak anymore. I got you. Well, the last game was Liverpool 2, Southampton 1. Zach, we watched this game, right? You saw this? I caught the first half of this one. Yeah, what'd you think? Um, nine changes to their FA Cup final team. The only guys that started again were Matip and Alisson. Um, what'd you think of the performance from what you saw with those guys that usually don't get to play as many minutes? Yeah, I think for the first half, at least, it was uh, a, a feeling out period for all the all the fresh legs coming into this the rotated squad. Uh, they managed to, to hold 1-1 at the half. or Well, they went down early. Uh, and then they grinded out the possession. They ended the game with 70%, actually. Uh, they, they grinded out the possession. We were able to create plenty of chances with the 24 total shots, which is over 20 shots in a game period is insane. But Liverpool really controlled the game. It was a matter of time before they got their goal, which they did early on to equalize in the 27th. That made it 1-1 at the half. It, 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 it really sh- was a showcase for... Liverpool's progress under Klopp and the squad depth he's been able to build. So that that was an excellent showcase of that. Yeah, I think Joe Gomez is a guy that we saw play a lot last year due to a lot of injuries in the back, and he was one of those guys that was injured. And yeah. unfortunately, again, he picked up another injury in this game. Um, unsure of how severe it was. I can look real quick, but um, it's saying I'm sure he's going to get a scan or something. Yeah, they don't have a. a uh, review I what it was. Injury. Um, I think he was they able were, to walk off the field though. He, he limped. Yeah, off. it was just the, all of his weight got caught under him and put a lot of pressure, mainly on his ankle, but um, not like like you like to see. But my point being, he's had to since Van Dyke and and Matip have been healthy, mainly Matip, who's usually injury prone. Um, he's been having to play at right back, which conventionally isn't his main spot. But um, right. Him, Harvey Elliott didn't particularly have a very good game. Him, he's only 18, 18 years old, 19 years old. Yeah, 19. Um, a lot of mistakes from him opening up counterattacks from Southampton. But 
Um, a guy that's consistent, even when he hardly ever plays, is um, Minamino. Um, yes. th- this guy is always bagging goals, regardless. He's, he, if if you need a poster child for Liverpool squad depth, I think he's on there. He's, he's always... slowly. I think he's he does the same thing Origi does, but Origi does yeah. them in the most crucial situations possible. Whereas yeah, Minamino is just bagging them during casual games where yeah, not as much Min- pressure is Minamino is more explosive, uh, whereas Origi, I, I feel, is more low-key about his impact. Yeah, Firmino gets a start here. Um, two seasons ago, we were putting him and Mo Salah and Mane as the top three, like one of the best triple, uh, the best trios going forward. Now, he's got a warm seat on the bench nine times out of ten because of Luis and Jota. Yep. Um, but he Once still comes, comes out and has quality. Um, it's just crazy. And I think Southampton getting that goal to start off the game uh, and then ultimately losing has been the their story the last yeah. 10 to 12 weeks. It's They have 10 to 15 minute periods where it's great. They were pinging the ball around well. They were counterattacking. They were finding those pockets of space in between the fullbacks or in behind the fullbacks, sorry, when they push up too high and get countered, and we're creating decent chances. But after that, their their press stopped. They were packing it in for 5-4-1, and that's where Liverpool picked them apart and eventually got their chances and scored. Um, and it was too late for them to get back into it, trying to reestablish that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this was a game that keeps Liverpool in the title race. Southampton, it's just another game to forget about and they have one more game now they go against Leicester who's not a pushover um to deem any sort of of respect and dignity dignity to close out the year with some sort of points so um Evan I think I think you'd be back by now if you got anything yeah nope I have nothing to add because I really just watched the score of this game I knew Liverpool would win um, didn't start yeah. how I thought, but ended the way. Well, I think we didn't re- we didn't think they'd have all these backups in, but yeah. after that FA Cup game, all those players playing so long and Salah picking up a bit of a knock is is a good reason why they didn't play. But um, yeah. Um, name, name of that game was squad depth. Yes, it was. Showcase yeah. their 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 new new fan strength there. Yeah, it's all it's right. crazy how deep they are. And by the way, we should say that. Um, I think it was Milner and one of the other guys. Oh, Milner and Harvey Elliott. Mm-hmm. Milner played his first Premier League game 145 days before Harvey Elliott was born. <laughs> wow. That is absolutely insane. It's a testament yeah, think, to how I long... I think they said he's played like 800 over some matches. Over 800 caps, yeah. That's crazy. Club and country, yeah. I mean, that's that's incredible. I'm... I like Milner. I think yeah. you know he great squad player doesn't have a ton to Team add player. now, but a, a really really good stalwart player in the, the city teams of the mid two thousands to to late. Yep. You know, another. And, I was going to say another point to add on there was uh, Joe Gomez got injured that game. Who was playing it right back? Yeah, uh, and then Milner filled in for him when they brought Henderson in. So he's really versatile, plug yeah. and play. He has been for a long time, and he's still got it. You know, it's it's crazy to think, but he's he's up there in age, and he just does whatever Klopp asks him to do. And those kind of guys are hard to come by these days. So, 
uh, always good to have a guy like that in your side. But let's move on. Um, we are now at our previews. Matt, I'm going to hand things over to you. And uh, because I always pick first, so I'm going to let you guys pick first and not go last. This should be interesting to see how our predictions go then, see if that makes any difference. Yeah, I'm feeling um, dangerous tonight. I think I'm going to lead off here, actually, because i got to get those three Thursdays. Yeah, I was, I was going to start. Yeah, well, Everton against Palace, Zach. We can um, run through these quick and then get to Sunday. I'll just rattle them off. Sure. All right. So, so before Palace. the show, I was previewing these. I'm going to go with Palace in the first game. Okay. Um, Moving on, I'm going to take... Villa in that game, and okay. then I will take Chelsea in the Chelsea Leicester game. All right, so we all picked Chelsea then. Zach took Villa. Evan and I took Burnley. You took Everton, Zach. No, I took Palace. You took Palace. I took Everton, and then Evan picked a draw in that game. So at least one of us will get that game correct. Um. So now we go to Sunday. Championship Sunday. Championship Sunday. All 10 games will be live 11 o'clock. Um, it'll all get done in one fell swoop. We will know a winner of the league. We will know who that last team being relegated is, and we will know who that fourth place team will be to snag that last Champions League spot. Um, so I guess starting off first game, we have Arsenal fighting for top four against Everton fighting against relegation. What are we thinking, Zach? I'm going with... I was thinking Arsenal coming into the podcast, but after hearing uh, the discourse about them, I I, I think this will be a, a a wet fart, to put it lightly, to the oh. end of both of these team seasons. I think they'll end on a draw here. Yeah, I, I agree. A disappointing draw I, in Arsenal-Everton. Yeah. Evan, you're thinking the same or maybe something different here. Do you think the boys have some sort of dignity to close the year? All right, so my mind is telling me wet fart's a great call. I mean, it, yeah. it truly is. <laughs> I, I agree. I think it... Just just judging by the form. I, that's what my mind is telling me, but my heart is telling me something different. And I have, that's not good. I am now declaring that Arsenal-Everton is a game of the year. Uh, and <laughs> Arsenal will be winning. Wow. I actually will take minus one and a half. Uh, I, I will send the slip out come Sunday, but I'm taking Arsenal. Yeah, my gut instinct right away was a draw, but yeah. like Evan said, I think Arsenal can get something. But I'm going to stick with my gut and go with a draw here. All right. Um, I do I, even with Everton having half their team out um, with suspension. Um, I still think it's going to be a letdown for them, and it's going to be a draw there. Uh, we move on Brentford. Trying to finish on a top ten position, hosting Leeds, who are one of those two teams that are most likely to go down, especially with Burnley and Everton having games in hand on them. What do we think about that one, Zach? This one was another toss up for me, but I think Leeds in a last second winner here. Okay, you think Leeds win the game, keep themselves up potentially. Evan? Yes. I like a draw. Um, I think Zach is on to something there, but I think Leeds just rescue a point late on. Uh, I just think Brentford are actually playing way too well right now. They just had yeah. to come from behind victory against Everton, albeit Everton were down two players uh, at, at one point in the game. Uh, but I, I think that Brentford are just too hot right now. Leeds just not really performing at their best. 
Uh, so I'm going to take a draw. I actually can see this being 1-1 or 2-2. It's going to be a, a high-wire game. Yeah, I'm going to have to close out with the last sort of option there. I'm going to go with a Brentford win. I have to stick with what I said last week. I do think Leeds is going to be that team to go down. I think Burnley gets something tomorrow and put themselves ahead of Leeds, solely down to that goal differential. I think Leeds will be crucified for that terrible goals against statistic there. Um, so yeah, I think Brentford close them out there. Um, and I think it's enough reason with Leeds having half their first team guys out like with like Everton, Luke Ayling and Dan James are suspended. Stuart Dallas, Forshaw and Roberts all out to injury as well as Bamford. Um, it's, it's all going to fall on the heels of Rafinha really. Um, and it's, I think it's just too much to ask of those guys. And unfortunately, I think Jesse's just going to have to deal with the championship life. Um, but talks are they're going to bring in Brendan Aronson. So I'm happy about that. I'm excited to see that. So uh, we move on to potentially my worst nightmare of a matchup. Brighton hosting West Ham. Oh, man. Um, uh, host, let's go with Evan first here. Uh, Brighton and West Ham. I mean, this is a West Ham masterclass if I've ever seen one. Jared Bowen hat trick, Declan Rice scoring two goals. I like a 5 0 victory. West Ham wins. Jesus Christ. Okay, Zach. Zach, are we are we are we that confident on a West Ham um dumpster I, dive on, on Brighton? I think West Ham, as great as they've been performing recently, usually flip flop on results. And I think Brighton at home with Welbeck playing full 90-minute games. He's been looking uh, great lately. I, th- I think Welbeck will clutch this out for the Seagulls. I go Brighton here. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a draw. I think Brighton at home are god-awful, and I think something's going to slip late on. So I think another draw here. Um, Burnley fighting to stay up, hosting Newcastle, who... Look like the spoilers of the year, really. They're just coming into all these games, just shitting on people's dreams. Um, what are we thinking about this one, Zach? Burnley, Newcastle. Yeah. Mm, these are all tough, tough. I know. To pick on. On. I, I yeah. think right away, I think I'm going to go with Newcastle here. They just look too good as of lately, and I think potentially Trippier might be back for a full 90. If Trippier comes back, he'll definitely help. Uh, this will be very low scoring. I will take Newcastle as well. Okay. Evan? Um, oh, fuck, man. Newcastle are, are... I hate to say it, but they are quite good. Um, I really like the way they play. I, uh, I'm going to take Newcastle, too. All right, we all agree on our first one there. We think Newcastle is going to spoil Burnley. Um, this one's simple enough. Chelsea hosting Watford. I think we all agree Chelsea on this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, Watford gave up five against Leicester, which is... is is. I'm not shitting on Leicester, but it's just they've just looked god-awful. Um, so, yeah. Now we move on to Evan's second team, Palace, hosting Zach's team, Man United, Zach. Do Man United actually get a result here, or do they finish the year potentially finishing in the Conference League? This game's going to end in a disappointing draw. 
Okay, I definitely can see that one. Evan? What game are we on? Crystal Palace. Palace. Man United. Palace. It's at Crystal Palace. Palace. Okay. I mean, if, if Palace win and West Ham win, Man United finish in the Conference League. I mean, that would be absolutely tremendous content. That would fit the. It, I mean, really they're bad. already finishing with their lowest level point ever point total. Yeah, Palace. And I mean, with the return top, of Ronaldo. And on top of that, them finishing in the in the Conference League with Ten Hag coming in. If Ten Hag can't win the Conference League next year, that would be a disappointment. Um, but no, I think United win this game. I just, I, I'm, I'm still on that Palace finishing the year shit train. Um, it's tough. I mean, I'm second guessing it now because I think United. Like I just said to Zach, I just don't think they play with much heart right now. But no, I do think United. I think not United. I think Ronaldo gets the points for them. So yeah, I if think they do win. It's because of Ronaldo, yes. Yeah, but 100%. I think this is a draw. Yeah, and they they've had a long rest. I mean, they've had eleven, twelve days of rest since their last oh, game. That's, so. that's going to be worse for them. True. Okay. Hold on quickly. Um, Hold on quickly. Oh, go ahead. Can we free Eric Ten Hag before he actually has to go to prison and work there? At yeah, I mean this this guy is. <laughs> I don't even think he's taking a. I don't even think he's taking a summer break. I think he's coming right in once the well, season's he over. Need, he has to if they. Good luck. <laughs> it, it's it actually sucks because I think he's a great manager and he's probably going to get shit on for something that's not yep. his fault. I think yep. he's looking to get De Jong from Barca. He's trying to get those guys from that that Champions League run a couple of years ago that lost to Tottenham. He got. He's got to get Van de Beek back too. No, I don't think he wants to come back to United after. When I he's don't been blame there. him. I liked him as a player, and he's great. Him coming to United, I mean, he doesn't. He's not even playing for Everton. Yeah. No, he's him coming to the Premier League was definitely a a, a bad call, just yeah. with the way the teams that he's went to have have utilized him, which is minuscule. True. Okay, go um, ahead. We'll move on. Sorry. Um. Leicester hosting Southampton. Leicester have been my money team this year. Besides Liverpool and City, I'm 24 and 12 picking Leicester games, which is obscene. Um, and I think Leicester here easy all day money talk. Um, Southampton dog shit. Leicester Jamie Vardy is popping off. Yes. Um, he is looking like uh, he's been on vacation for a long time. He's gotten his rest, and he is just lighting people up, and everybody around him is feeling the same way. So I think Lester here by three. I'm with you. You can uh, side my name on that one, too. I think Southampton do have a bit to say in this match, but yeah, Lester's rolling hard right now. I'm going to go with uh, Lester. Also, I feel like the last game of the season... There's always three games that are like six goal totals. So that's potentially one of them. Definitely. Yeah. Um, now we move to, I guess we'll do the Spurs um, going to Norwich. Um, I'll ask Evan last, but um, I, I think I'm just going to go with the logical answer and I'm going to go with Spurs. Um, I think it's just too simple for them to do here. Um, the last time these guys played, um, it was at Tottenham. Tottenham won three nil back in December. Um, Lucas Davidson Sanchez and Son getting on the score sheet. So, um, I think Harry Kane will have something to say about it. He's got sixteen goals. I think he'll bag at least another two here. 
and, and potentially Sun can finish above Salah for the Golden Boot. And I think this is a great opportunity for him to do that. So I think he might be chasing that title for himself selfishly in this game as well. So Spurs here by at least three. Uh, I'm going to take a draw, I think. Tom. No, yeah, no, yeah, you, can't, yeah. you can't say that, right? No, I am because I think that would be the ultimate pain for me. I think Tottenham winning on goal differential would probably push me to the edge of the Walt Whitman. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Zach, I'm not I'm going to go Spurs. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now we go to the two matches that decide the title. Um, we'll go to Liverpool hosting Wolves first. This is honestly a tricky game. I'm thinking too much about it. Don't, um, don't overthink it. It's easy. The last two matches, it's been 1 0 to Liverpool. Um, Wolves always play this game well for some reason. But out of the 15 total times they played, Liverpool's won 12 of them. The other three have been two draws, and Wolves has only won this matchup once. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Liverpool here. I think it may come down to the wire here, but Liverpool should get it done here. Liverpool right. by 40 goals. Yeah. Wolves are awful. I actually want Wolves to be liquidated as a club and sent to the bottom of England. I think potentially we're not going to see Salah, Fabinho, and Van Dijk to a certain degree. They may come off the bench, but I think ultimately Klopp's going to save them for the Champions League final. But still, we they still have a, a dynamic attack to get the job done. So, um, And we were just shitbagging Wolves' attack as well as Jimenez. But Evan knows when we shitbag somebody, especially Jimenez, they always score. So. He's going to score four goals. On um, That's why I think it might be down to the wire. Yeah, so Liverpool, right? We all take Liverpool. Yeah. Yes. All right. And then finally, we go to Man City hosting Villa. Um, Evan, do you think it's easy for City here to walk at home? I do. I think they walk in. I think they win 3 0. They walk out. They lift the trophy. That's it. Okay, Zach. Yeah, I agree. Pep's got to tap it in. Yep. It's easy to tap in here. This is like a two footer for Eagle. It's easy. I think this game's going to be a little bit more open than we think. I think Villa's going to have more opportunities, especially early on. I think that's the best chance you can get on City is the first 15 before they settle into these games and really tear you apart and wear, your, wear on your legs long term. Um, we, we, we do forget City are going to be without Diaz, Walker, and Stones. So Fernandinho is going to have to play in that back. Who I think has been suspect. I mean, you're having a guy 37. I can't. I, I actually I can't make that argument because Thiago Silva does that for Chelsea. But he's a center back through and through. For Dandinho is more of a holding mid, and he's definitely not capable of with the way City play. He's not capable to play in a two back system. I think he better be better in a three back. But still, I feel like some way this game's going to be end to end. But uh, I, I, I just, I, I want to, I just that storyline. I want to pick Villa to get a draw here, but um, I, I'm gonna go with City. I think it's just I'm, I'm fighting too much in my head about this, so I, I'm gonna stick with City. But I'd love to see them draw here. Yep. All right, so that closes out our final week 38 predictions. Um, this is going to decide who wins the title, who gets relegated, who finishes top four. Like I said, it also will decide ultimately the most important thing, whether Evan finishes above 500 on the 
overall record because this is we did this last year we started week 15 but now this is our first official full season which is more more uh difficult to do yeah higher stakes um zach's in it too 50 games a good sample size to see your your idea and you talked about you don't really watch as much and i think that's more impressive really but um yeah um thank you guys so much for watching make sure you check us out on our socials at post 20 pod instagram twitter follow our social or not uh i'm so used to evan doing this i'm not i don't mind i'm out of the routine yeah um the streaming platforms soundcloud spotify apple Podcasts. if you guys are listening on one of the other platforms make sure you guys follow us on the other ones Uh, mention it to a friend um, if they're big into soccer if you maybe want to get them into the sport i feel like this is a good idea to Give them an idea of how the Premier League is, one of the biggest leagues in the world. Um, it's a good start point for somebody wanting to watch. Um, and, yeah, thanks, Zach, for joining us. I'm sure we'll have you throughout the summer, potentially on and off. It's going to be a very long summer with no no Prem, no World Cup. We talked about that. going to be in, in the winter this year due to Qatar. Um, thankfully, the U.S. is in it, so it will be bearable to wait. Um, but yeah, um, next week we're going to close out, review these last couple games. And I guess the week after we'll do our season award season awards, as well as our overall season recap and see how well we did with our season predictions. So, um, until then, thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks for joining guys. See ya.